Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. When your life depends on it, when everything is on the line, you've got to get real about addiction treatment. Only Karen offers 65 years of medical expertise in evidence-based treatment with real proven results. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. So if you're ready for something real, visit caron.org slash real today. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Javi. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Benzinga Cannabis Hour. How are you doing, Mr. Elliot Lane? I'm good. It has been far too long, I feel like, since I've been on. It's probably been like in reality like two weeks, but it feels like longer, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it, it feel like it's been a while since I've been on Cannabis Hour? Maybe that's uh, just me. Maybe, I don't I, know. I, I see your face often, so it, it all gets oh, blurred. Oh, the privilege is mine to see you as much as possible. But before we get into too much of a love fest, because I can go on and on about how much I love Javi. Uh, welcome, y'all. I know we're, we're, we're going to get people coming in as, as they get done with Spencer. I mean, Spencer's cool and all. We're cooler. But uh, it's been a sec. So, I mean, honestly, Javi... A lot has happened over the past two weeks. Obviously, a ton of earnings news. What's your sentiment, man? How are you feeling about Q3? Pretty positive. Overall, pretty positive. I, I, I see, you know, uh, the established players continue to to assert and, and really establish, you know, their, their mm-hmm. positions as, as market leaders, uh, clear winners out of all this, right? Um, for, for anyone who's interested in, in, in more specific insights into, into some of the MSOs like, like you know, TrueLeave and Verano Holdings and, and Curaleaf, you can check out our, our episode from last Tuesday. We had um, Todd Harrison on. MSO gang. Hashtag. Top dog MSO gang. Chief Investment Officer at CB1 Capital. He had hey, great insights into the earnings season. Can you just like be a part of the MSO gang? Like, can I just like put hashtag MSO gang yeah. in my profile? Like, that's is that something, is that I mean, yeah, you, there's certain requirements. Like you you need to be a big fan of US MSOs and kind of bearish on, on Canada, right? <laughs> it, and it's, 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 it's kind of a combo, right? <laughs> a lot of you on the MSO gang are pretty, pretty anti-Canadian stocks. Like some oh. of them are aggressive about it. That's funny. Honestly, that's pretty funny to me. I'm not, I've never been a super big bear uh, on Canada. But that being said, there's an obvious difference between the two markets. I mean, right. honestly, I understand all of it. I, I'm passionate about, about information and finance. I don't get that level of passion and commitment toward, uh, you know, stock investing, right? Like it's the only thing well, in your mind. People are like, oh, Canada sucks. It's like, okay, what? like just jail. Don't buy the stock. Well, Benzinga recommends diversity. Diversify your portfolio. We're all about that. Uh, tons of great cannabis stocks. 
you know, an interesting Talking about Canadian stocks. Yeah. Or do, do you have something before? Or like I have a couple insights, uh, you know, I, I would like to recommend around. Yeah, Canadian no, stocks. do your thing first while we're on the topic. The bearishness, right? Um, so uh, Bank of America came out, came out with two uh, very cool reports today. One was in canopy growth. The other one was in Kronos. None of, neither one was particularly bullish. Um, BOFA uh, analyst Lisa Lewandowski, or Lewandowski, however you want to pronounce it, says canopy growth is a show-me story as it posts mixed progress in KPIs. Uh, right now, she has a neutral rating on canopy stock uh, and a price target that has been lowered from $17.50 US or 22 Canadian to 19 Canadian. Uh, so like her, her argument is even though there's long-term potential for legal cannabis in the industry uh, driven by U.S. federal legalization, it, you know, the, 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 um, the Canadian market is really evolving fast and, and, and uh, but profitability isn't really there. And so, then, yeah. No, I just want to comment on Canopy real quick because I, I, I'm not as bearish on Canopy as a lot of people are. And granted, I'm not an analyst. Like I'm not like I'm not like a super amazing big re, you know researcher into you know stock charts and everything like that. But Canopy has such an easy interest. My dog agrees with me. If you can hear the squeaky toy in the background, but uh, <laughs> Canopy has a great entrance into the U.S. market. You know, once federal legalization hits, oh, they yeah. have a great footprint already with CBD products that can transition into into different other other product lines in cannabinoids. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like the footprint is there. I feel like some of this is fodder. Some of this is truth to where they're at right now. But for the long-term haul, I'm kind of bullish. Yeah, is me that too. bad? No, like, no, no, no. I, I don't see them going anywhere. I was just having coffee with a colleague like an hour ago. And he was asking me, like, hey, what's up with cannabis? I'm like, should, should I hold it? Again, this is not a recommendation. It's like, yeah, dude, like, just five years. I don't see it going anywhere. I don't see... Tilray going anywhere. I don't see Cool Relief going anywhere. I don't see Cresco Labs going anywhere. I don't see um, GTI going anywhere, right? It's it's maybe others, many others will fail. We've seen a lot of that, right? Like the B, C, and D class kind of operators liquidating assets one after another. But, you know, well, and I think as long as Canopy continues to wrap up a lot of other companies like they did with Supreme, like, you know, like, like they did with a few of these other Canadian uh, based companies that MSO gang doesn't like. No, I won't, I won't speak for them, but uh, I, I think wrapping up the footprint while they're in Canada right now is, it's a perfectly fine thing to do right now. Well, and, and again, Bank of America seems pretty much <laughs> uh, closer to the MSO gang in that sense. The other one was Crona uh, yeah. Group, C-R-O-N. We were just talking about canopy growth. That's C-G-C. This is C-R-O-N on the NASDAQ. Again, Lewandowski, Reiterated an underperform rating on Kronos, lowering the price target from six fifty to five bucks. How can you not be bearish on them right now? I don't know how anybody can justify a positive sentiment on Kronos. One point one billion dollars in cash, partnership with Altria, hefty right. investment in science and innovation. There's some reasons, three three strong reasons not to be bearish on Kronos. All right, fair enough. You know what? So again, fair enough. I, I I'll give you that. But I will say this, having a billion dollars in cash isn't always a positive. Sometimes it's, it's a lack of direction. And granted, that direction could easily be used, used and utilized uh, with a billion dollars in cash. I'd like to have a billion. I'll take a million if, you, if, you just, oh, yeah. you know, if you're bored. But 
you know, with that in mind, like I maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. A billion dollars in cash seems like a lot to me, you know, without any, you know, and I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. That being said, you present three amazing reasons. So Tiny yeah. Pie Media, great question, man. I say no, but I will yeah. say this. I think if you are not a major brand right now, you do have to be at least relatively close to the top five of your of being like a single state operator. So like, you know, you can be in, in a, you know, a younger tier three MSO as well. But like, if you're just a single state operator, you need to be top three, top five. Um, otherwise, like I, I don't see you competing in the slightest. Um, so I think there is a level that where people just will fall off. But for me, I don't think you have to be a tier one MSO to survive the future of cannabis. What do you think, yeah. Abby? No, agreed. I mean, especially for brands, right? I, I still see a lot of space for, for new brands to emerge. Of course, the established brands are not going anywhere. I don't see cookies going anywhere, right? Slowo or, you know, um, Kiva. Um, but, but there's space for many other brands. It's like, so the question was, well, only... Do you only see established brands surviving? My, my response is definitely no. I mean, I see a mix of stuff. Um, yeah, real so. quick. I know I know we got to get Scott on. Uh, we have an awesome interview with a huge debt financer in the space coming up uh, that, you know, I'd like him to break down into layman's terms. I know we have an agenda with him, but uh, in terms of the importance of debt financing. But before we get there, Javi, what about InMed Pharmaceutical yesterday, man? Ooh, just blowing up. What did you see? Because it just blew up. It, I mean, it was a research report that they released like certain excerpts of the valuation increase by Edison Investment Research. Um, and it was just because uh, really their acquisition of Baymedica apparently to them transitioned uh, their company to a to just a different face. I, I mean, honestly, like I and M like solid release yesterday. I mean, it, just the movement it spurned alone. And if you didn't listen to it, Cannabis Daily, I talked about it this morning. I&M is a competition or complimentary to Sundial. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, it's not clickbait. I promise. <laughs> but but, but in, in any case, it's nice to have another stock in this space that's US listed get a chance to shine in this space. Yeah, no, I agree. Talking about U.S. listings, what do you think of, of Poseidon's new cannabis ETF? I'm sorry. I was just laughing at Mitch. The the <laughs> holiday touch with the edible pumpkin pie. <laughs> That's awesome. Honestly, like, and, and the THC line drinking straws. Honestly, there's some creative products coming out right now. Fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm, Javi, what was your question? What do you think of the new ETF? Uh, Poseidon Investment Management, the, the, the famous cannabis hedge fund are almost, you know, one of the longest running uh, cannabis investment funds run by Emily and Morgan Paxi, a good friends of the house, advisors to Benzinia Cannabis, of course. They launched uh, a new ETF called the Advisor Shares Poseidon Dynamic Cannabis ETF, PSDN on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, pretty cool. I like it. I, I think it's really cool. That being said, um, you know, if you're an ETF lover like uh, Spencer is, my dog likes it too. I'm sorry about the squeaky toy. Um, but if you like ETFs, Morgan and Emily Paxia and the advisor shares team have put together really the who's who of NASDAQ and NYSE listed companies in the industry. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, you have Sundial, you have High Tide uh, and can maybe not Canopy from, from Canada, but you have Weed Maps, you have uh, Agrify, you have Grow Generation, your Urban Grow, kind of the ancillary side that's listed on those U.S. exchanges. 
Uh, it's a really cool representation of non-USO uh, plant touching operations. Yeah, I agree. Definitely love that at the, the global view. Talking about uh, bigger views again, I, I like segways today. I'm a segway guy. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Uh, my mind is going to Oh, to answer Mike's question, absolutely. Now, do you see Mike? Is Tilray still good long term? I would click on it, but I don't have yeah. the power to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we don't give advice. I'll say it again. Javi said it three times already, but absolutely. Anyways, yeah. Javi. We have two guests today. Very cool. Uh, so one we'll bring on right now, Scott Jordan from Alternative Finance Network. And stick around. After that, we have an amazing, exclusive, special interview with the one and only Fab Five, Freddie and Bernard Noble. Bernard spent seven years in federal prison for two freaking joints. Two. Of course, the guy is African-American. Oh, what a surprise. You know that the system is broken. Uh, but he is not bitter about it. And we had an amazing, super cool, super interesting interview. It was an incredible discussion. And honestly, Fab Five Freddy needs more airtime. That man yeah. is incredible. And I can't wait for you guys to see that interview. Uh, but Javier, first and foremost. Scott Jordan, Alternative Finance Network. Mr. Jordan. There well, he is. Cannabis Hour. Let yeah. me see. There you go. <laughs> Not working. Got you. What's up, Scott? How you doing, man? Doing great, man. How are you? I uh, almost dropped by Detroit yesterday on my way home from Miami for, you know, there's a big uh, one-day deal that uh, Derek uh, Davica, um, Dickow is doing mm-hmm. at the Thompson Hotel. There was a couple of ben- uh, zingers there. But not the right singers. I'm like, oh, okay. I bet Bobby and Patrick still want me to be on their show, even though there's a big event that supposedly was sold out there. I'm going to tell you right now, it's Elliot, because you tend to make my brother and I one person. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. You're not the only one in this industry. You're, you're far from the only one in this industry, I promise you. Um, but with that said, obviously – you know, we should have been there, but man, you got to stop by Detroit next time. That's where the cool yeah, people are at. I'm do that. I promise. Uh, next show, I will definitely, uh, yes. I will definitely do that. I'd love to see your digs before you get merged in and, uh, you know, become <laughs> in some kind of big high rise building, or maybe you're in a high rise right now, although it looks like we are. I think we have, I think we're in the, the campus Marshes building where Quicken Loans is, but yeah. I think it's like the largest oh. indoor waterfall right outside Ooh, our offices. It was, it, it used um, to be, uh, they five. built. A new one in China that that uh, but this one I think it was built by Rocket Mortgage and Microsoft. They funded right? this massive. It's like what what like a story. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's it's insanity. But anyways, yeah. you know we can talk about your expertise on waterfalls all day long if you'd like. But I think you do something else in the space too, I which do. is offer some money to some cool people. I so do. tell us about you, man. Sure. So uh, the Alternative Finance Network was started two and a half years ago out of an idea that I had that the cannabis industry needed to be treated with dignity, respect, and be able to have equal access to loans and other forms of financing that did not require them to give up their equity. Cannabis business owners are some of the hardest working people in the world. They are treated absolutely unfairly, and the system is rigged against them, and the playing field is not level. It's illevel, if that's a word or unlevel. And so I wanted to do what I could to level that up in the financing area and be able to provide people with debt and the same opportunity 
that um, Weed Maps was able to take advantage of starting back in the early, early days when I had to arm wrestle with Justin to take some debt instead of company. <laughs> and in the end, when Silver Spike bought him last year, he was $150 million ahead because he listened to me. I mean, that's a pretty good month, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it helps having experience. It helps having been around the block several times uh, and being able to help young guys, you know, like yourself, take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity. It is just enormously wonderful, particularly in the financing area, because of all of the changes that are going on daily and weekly. I mean, even just since I saw you guys in Vegas, we've had some seismic changes and some incredibly good things happen to the industry. And so you know, I focus in in the debt area. I help companies that are looking to grow utilizing bank, credit union, life insurance, private money, leasing companies' money, and other monies to grow the business and retain 100% of the remaining equity they have. Javi, what? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. I just had a quick follow-up question. I think this will set us up very well for the conversation here. Can you talk about, just very briefly if you can, which I, I this is a hard question to do briefly, the, the importance of debt so far in cannabis and, and just a little bit in layman's terms so that we understand that the equity has not been the backbone of this industry as similar as it has to other industries. So how has debt helped this industry thrive? In a, in a so what debt does is it allows you to grow without giving up your precious equity at the worst time possible. So the worst time possible is the earliest stages of your company because you have the least value. You haven't gotten traction. You don't have earnings. You're not probably even showing a, a profit, maybe not even even a positive. And so you're at your worst and you're selling something that you can't get back. It's not like a child where if you sold it to someone, you might be able to buy a bat or a dog. Equity is like virginity. Once you give it up, it's gone. <laughs> it ain't never coming back. You can't unring the bell, okay? <laughs> what the hell just happened? That was crazy. I mean, honestly, it's, it's a good metaphor. Bringing in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, my God. It's 420. It's 420. <laughs> it's 420. Lord, I need some. I need a gummy after that one. That was incredible, Scott. Thank you. That was great, though. Like, honestly, the layman's terms breakdown. We talk about that all the time. And, you know, why, like, you know, understanding why it's been so important has been uh, something that I don't think we've touched on enough. So I appreciate that. Javier, I interrupted you before, though. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm, I'm just playing around with the comments a little bit. I, I was going to ask a little bit of the same, right? Like, what's the benefit of, of, of you know, as, a, as like running a business myself as well, I'm, I'm always faced with this question, right? And, and, and whenever we sit down with Benzinga to decide what we run into with Oplanteo, for instance, right? We, we always question like, okay, should we continue to fund it ourselves, go find debt or go raise equity, right? You know, and people ask us, hey, are you taking money, right? And to me, that almost sounds you know, like the obvious choice, equity in many in many occasions. It's like, okay, I am not assuming any real big risk, right? It's like someone else is assuming the risk for me. Of course, of course, I'm giving out a part of my company, but at the same time, I'll end up owning ten percent of a company that's worth a hundred million dollars instead of hundred percent of a company that's worth nothing, right? So, well, but that's a, no, but but the point is, is that you've got another option, and if you have another option. 
you owe it to your shareholders and yourself and your family and your future uh, in-laws to do the best possible thing for your company, which is to, to borrow when you're at the weakest position possible. That's the thing. You want to consider where you're at. And let's just take the example of weed maps. This is, I've been mean, a perfect example. They sold for a billion and a half. Mm -hmm. They were willing mm -hmm. to give up 10% of the company for the $2 million that I got them in debt. So if they give that up now, when they sell for a billion and a half, 10% of that is $150 million for $2 million, of which part of the interest was tax deductible because they're non-plant touching. You wow. know. Wow, dude. <laughs> oh, so you're going to pay five, six hundred grand versus so, 150 million? I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't get an MBA, but I that's it. <laughs> you know, so, but the numbers are encouraging, though. Like, I'm looking at Veridian Steel Tracker, for instance, and comparing. So, last year, by, by the start of November, we raised uh, our deals total 3.6 billion. Out of that, 2.28 billion were in equity, and 1.3 billion was in debt. So, more than double. Or, or actually double uh, equity raises versus uh, debt raises uh, in deals. This year, it's $6.7 in equity and $4.6 in debt. So we really see that gap closing substantially, right? So we're moving in the, same, in the right direction, you think, right? Or, or not? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, here's the thing. It's not really an apples-to-apples apples comparison because you, not all companies are eligible for debt. And at the beginning, usually you have to give up um, equity unless you're bringing in your own equity. You've got to give up some equity because you've got to have an upside to the investors when this, your uh, progress is at the riskiest. You know, they don't want debt-like return with equity-type risks. That's, yeah. a, uh, you know, something that you can tell your viewers. You know, if you're going to take equity-like risk, you want equity-like returns, not debt-like returns. Fair enough. So there's been, I mean, looking at the cannabis industry in a, in a very broad sense, debt has received, I think, some bad press and probably unneededly so in the sense of the high percentages. Moving forward, though, it seems to be changing, but really more specifically right now for the tier one MSOs, some for the tier two. As we move forward, how quickly does that change for the whole industry? The whole industry is changing right now before our very eyes. As we're watching it, good companies that find the right sources to get capital at low rates can obtain it. Not all of them have to do the raising, you know, by themselves. When they find, uh, you know, myself or another bank that is, uh, you know, quietly lending, they can take advantage of it as long as they have the requisite uh, financials and they approach that lender in a professional way. That's what then, we do. I mean, we represent uh, borrowers to lenders and we know what the lenders want and we know how to put together a package that the lenders are going to look at. And because we do it on a regular basis, we know how to give the lenders what they want. And so we go right to the top of the list of looking at uh, deals because they know they're going to get boom, 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 exactly what they need in the order they want to be able to quickly evaluate and make a decision yes, we're going to lend or no, we're going to pass at this time. I love it. So, you know, kind of looking ahead, what, 
where do you focus? Like where is alternative finance network put like its focus in the industry? Is it a weed maps? Is it an Akerna? Is it a true leaf or a cure leaf or is it all of them? Does it matter? It really doesn't matter. We focus in on companies that are looking to grow that uh, need at least a million dollars or more. And we've been very fortunate in that I got lucky in a trip to Massachusetts that I made in October to go back to alumni weekend. I put out a message on LinkedIn and a guy uh, that I didn't know who he was at the time responded. And we now are pursuing a incredibly large market with incredibly diverse and exciting potential returns where we're going in with a cannabis product and getting access to 15 to 30 X 15 to 30 times the cannabis amount needed because they've got existing lines and existing business and it is the largest opportunity that I've seen in my career, and I am so excited about it. And we got lucky in that I put out a message on LinkedIn, divided up into three categories. You know, this is for all you LinkedIn lovers. I love LinkedIn, and I tell people that haven't used it, I'll make you a million dollars in a year if you follow what I tell you to do. And it's real easy. And I don't even post that much. You're seeing more posts because I hired somebody to post for me. Um, but um, it really, it's following up. I divided it up into three categories. One, I know who you are and we're currently doing something. Mm -hmm. Two, I, we did something in the past, but nothing is current. And three is everybody else. So a number three answered, and I asked him, I said, what made you decide to you know, schedule a call? He says, because I've been following you for years. You look to be the expert or market leader in cannabis financing. Would you pay us a commission if we went ahead and refer deals to you? And I said, I could do that, but I could go one better. How about if we got you a line of credit where you could write it on your own paper and do it, um, do it, you know, fully from you know seed to servicing? He says, "I love that idea. What do I got to do?" I said, "Follow me. Come on back. Let's go ahead and get your information." So we're literally in the underwriting process right now. He's put together a uh, pro forma for what he thinks he'd be able to do with a with a kind of friendly line at five and three quarters to six and a half percent somewhere in there and he's thrilled because it actually is lower priced than his existing 300 million dollar line so that's sure. what i meant by a 15 or 20 million dollar can line that he would totally qualify for he's got great financials now i'm looking at a shot at the 300 of existing that we weren't even considering before we weren't even going after so it's an unbelievably large opportunity to get leverage and a large return in a very focused market where you can focus in on it easily and quickly by a couple of organizations um, you know, that are the big dogs in that end of the industry, in the medium to large independent company. And then what I can't wait to do is I can't wait to, to convert one of the banks, just one, Bank of America, Key, PNC, Comerica, any of the banks that happen to have equipment leasing division, I want to come back on your show after that, and I want to have a party. Oh, man. Honestly, the whole industry will be throwing you a party for that one. Dude, we're going to bring down the average cost of capital from 15 or 16 to 10 or 11 if you follow me and get on the train, and let's get some of these guys and – the thing that's so exciting is, is they're getting a 500 to 800 point basis premium 
selling an HVAC system to a can of company or a, you know, a grow versus if they sell it to Hilton. Because if they sell it to the Hilton Hotel, yeah. they got to price it at five, five and a half, somewhere in there. To you know, the cannabis industry, if they're at 15, they're in the middle of the pack. If they're 11 or 12, they're the low price guy. And I think we can drive the pricing down for everybody in the industry. How long before we get to that 6%? Soon, soon because, well, 6% is available now on a wholesale level for uh, for companies that are uh, lending in the industry. And sometimes we can tick down into the five and a half, five and three quarters if their financials are very good. And I'm hoping that we might be able to get into the fours one of these days. Right now is the best time because they have an edict to get out $100 million before 1231. And um, I think it's because someone needs to keep their job for next year because they really want to get this money out in the street. And, you know, the banks have all of this capital sloshing around between the EIEDL and the PPP and the other programs. They've got more capital than they've ever seen, and they've got to get it on the streets to correct their ratios mm -hmm. and the imbalances in their financials. Yeah, definitely. I want to help them. I want you to help them. Yeah, I think Scott's our resident debt financing expert. I think oh, we can get Scott back you. on. Thank you. I would be honored. I would be honored to to wear that cap. Yeah, but Scott, keep us updated, man, on these deals that you do because you do a lot of good ones, my friend. But thank you. Um, you know, we're definitely interested in following that. There's yeah. one other thing that I I got a question for you guys in in terms of this because it just came to me Monday. So a guy calls me up again, reaches out on, on LinkedIn. Um, and says, hey, can you finance the premiums on crop insurance for my, my cannabis guys? And I thought the crop <laughs> insurance wasn't available or wasn't readily available. You guys tell me because I know you know you know a lot of different areas, but there aren't many. There, yeah, there are some, but there's not. So the more insurance providers, the better for the insurance companies. Oh, yeah. No, there's just not enough of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So he wants me to finance that. We said, sure. I mean, that's an easy one because you just name me as the additional insured. If something goes wrong, you know, the lender's going to get paid. Boom. And then generally they're going to have decent financials. So we're going to put together a new program for crop insurance premium financing. So we can insure the crop. We can insure it against, you know, um, all the weather related things. And now someone doesn't have to take a bath if there's a fire, you know, in California, obviously, you know, fires the last few years have been just devastating what was that company that was just absolutely wrecked by it for a while there there was a company that it was like a year later a year and a half later they were still having to answer to it in earnings yeah yeah so i mean having this is is pretty incredible scott and being able to finance it oh man i you know i love being a market leader you know that's one of the things like benzinga has been a market leader um you know in what you guys provide it's very exciting to be out in front and uh, mm -hmm. you know it uh, is yeah. cannabis is where it's at you it's, know, cannabis, crypto is pretty cool too, but cannabis is awesome. Scott, yeah. we got we to gotta go to the next interview here, my friend, but it's a pleasure having you on. We're going to get you back on soon. Okay. Uh, we want to hear update. about your public markets deals. Okay. Well, we just announced a deal with Tilt that we did at Prime Plus Three and a Half for a revolver. We have a couple yeah. more public companies that we're working on right now, hoping to be able to announce maybe uh, in between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. You know, you know where to find the news, Benzinga.com slash cannabis. That's where it's at. Love it. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here, Scott. Appreciate right. you, my friend. Thank you. Founder of Alternative Finance Network. Honestly, also, 
think Tilt had some of the best earnings out there. I'm just going to say that Tilt had a yeah. fabulous oh. earnings season. Anyways, Javier, you set up this uh, interview that's coming up. So I'm going to give you the chance to introduce it. But I just want to say thank you for letting me be a part of it because it was so much fun. Thank you. No, I mean, it's it's all in there. It's all in the interview. I, I introduce uh, the people, you know, that, that, that we talk to. Uh, I'm a big hip hop head. Uh, you, you know that. So for me, talking to someone like Fat Five Freddy is always an honor. So stick around. Check it out. Thank you all Thank for you. being here. Tiny Pine Media, Jonathan Loveless, Mad Note, Notes, Money Mitch, Jim Cruz. Appreciate all of you all. Cannabis um, we, Daily. Cannabis every Daily every morning, 10 a.m., Benzinga.com slash podcasts. And I think Javier and Patrick will see you Tuesday. I'll see you the week after that on YouTube. Yep, yep. Woo, happy holidays. Peace out. I'm good, man. I am good. But you know what? I am joined by co-host Javier Hase. Yeah. Whose birthday is today? Ladies and gentlemen, Javier is turning 56 years old as of today. He looks fantastic. Please wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> Javi, it's good to be with you, man. Honestly, I've missed a lot Thank of cannabis you. hours recently, so I'm super excited to be back. Oh, man. And what a guest we have today. We have a couple very interesting guests. No news today. We'll just right, jump right into it. We have the man, the legend himself, Fat Five Freddy. If you're a hip hop head like me, you gotta know Fat Five Freddy. He is a staple of the hip hop world. He is a visual artist, a filmmaker, um, also very prominent in, in, the, in the street art movement. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And he is joined by now his new partner, Bernard Noble. Bernard spent 13, yes, one, three, 13 years in prison for two freaking joints. Um, now he's out. So. He joined forces with Fat Five Freddy and Cool Relief to launch a brand called Be Noble. This is Cool Relief's first big national uh, social equity focused brand. Um, so very, very excited about the discussion we'll be having today. What do you think, Elliot? I'm, I'm super excited. I don't want to take too many. Uh, yeah, I don't want to take too much away from what they're going to say about it. So. Uh, I, I think it's important to have these discussions, important to put this in the forefront as we move into a new year and hopefully new laws uh, in cannabis uh, and hopefully laws that set these gentlemen up for success. Yeah. Uh, and others they're telling me, by the way, through the in-year, Bernard was sentenced to 13 years, but, but served seven. Seven too many. Made any uh, better. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not any better. But we, I, I say we get started. If, if you're good it. to go, I'm super pumped for this. Let's bring him on. There he is. Now, pre Fab, prior Bernard. to us getting on here, he was like, you can call me Fab, you can call me Freddy. Fred, I was thinking Mr. Five, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that works, but also the man with the best hat. Uh, how you guys doing today? Good, good. Doing good, and um, I was telling you guys before we came on that this hat was a gift to match the colors, the dominant color of the Be Noble brand to wear at our launch event. This is... Uh, shamelessly promote the Be Noble uh, two joints, uh, representative yeah. of the two joints that Bernard was sentenced to 13 years, hard labor, but he served seven. And I was able to, I met him as he walked out of prison with my cameras rolling. Wow. How, how long had you been planning that? Well, I, I made a film called Grass is Greener, which you guys can see on Netflix if you haven't. Please watch. And the oh, you should. Thank you. And the initial idea was to show that cannabis had a connection to America's music.
from jazz all the way through hip hop. The most prominent acts were big cannabis aficionados and many great cannabis songs were made in the 1920s and 30s, as well as reggae acts and then hip hop acts in the 90s. A lot of them I introduced on your MTV rap. So I thought, wow, this is a cool way to tell the story of cannabis, the history. But then when I picked the criminal justice situation to focus on, that was Bernard's case. He was in prison at that time. There was a vice show, Weedicate, that had did an episode on him. I said, let's focus on this case. Um, Bernard was in prison. We interviewed his mom and three sisters. And then that turned into a very emotional moment, really sad. And then luckily, through work, Bernard's case was so egregious that people had were fighting uh, hedge fund guys and major uh, prison reform guys like Jason Flom and Daniel Loeb, a big hedge fund guy, were fighting mm -hmm. to get yeah. Bernard out, and they won. And so I heard he got a parole finally. I flew back and to film that, which you'll see in Grass is Greener on Netflix. And then I met him as he walked out of prison. And it was sort of a call to action, meet this really nice dude, walks out like, what is going on? Um, I can't believe I had to do all this time for two joints. I said, yeah, I can't believe it either. And the Be Noble brand grew out of what I learned making that movie. And now we're on the shelves in nine states, um, also giving 10% of what we make to organizations helping to free people like Bernard, get people's records expunged, and teach people of color, those most victimized, how to get jobs in this growing yeah. um, cannabis green rush. Yeah, man. Gotta get that money for the good causes. Be noble. <laughs> Be noble. What a noble cause for sure. What about you, Bernard? Like from, from your side, how, how did all you know feel? Uh, tell us a, a little bit about, about how you connect with, with Freddie, right? How it feels to, to, to come out of prison. How, how, you, how you feel about the, the support that, that, that your cause you know, has spurred and, and how this translates into, into, into support for others, right? Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of like I'm like a bunch of normal people, and 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 the journey with meeting Fab is is kind of short and sweet. I I watched him on TV most of my life, like anybody else. I I I couldn't have phantom ever meet him. So yeah. right now, still to the day, is also real. He he a real good friend of mine, and uh through this throughout this trial. You know, when he appeared in my life at the darkest time, my life changed from there. Uh, having this platform to to be helped by people, like he mentioned before, uh, Jason Flum, Daniel Loeb, uh, it was millions of people that needed help. So I'm blessed for the opportunity, you know, and, and my biggest thing now is learning this stuff. Uh, we have a lot of illegal, not elite, not legal here in Louisiana. So I'll be a good face for that fight on that. Um, and learning about the plant, something I've been beat up for most of my life about. I don't have to be scared because I was misinformed and getting this education is is been an amazing journey. Um, well, like he said, also we we donate ten percent of the of the proceeds to the organizations that help people like me. You know, and that's amazing for me because in my life, I couldn't never think about 10% of nothing of mine going to anybody, you know. So it's it's amazing I get to help 
Um, I get to spread the love. I get to talk. Um, I'm the face. I'm going to be the face here. Like I said before, I'm going to be the ambassador and I'm the new Mandela in Louisiana. So it wasn't Louisiana where those seven years uh, you were sentenced to there. So, um, I, you know, I'm curious as you start to see uh, these states start to decriminalize, you know, New Jersey released several hundred thousand or put several hundred thousand cases up for uh, discussion. Yeah. And you see states to do that more and more. Uh, you know, how does that make you feel for one, you know, that you served seven years for two yeah. joints? It's incredible. Like just saying that. Yeah, it is. Um, so, but also, so, sorry, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No. Um, what, what I, what I do take from this experience that it was a bunch of, um, throughout my life, it was misformed information. Um, I never was laid properly on, on this thing with this marijuana. Uh, I was being locked up while it was profitable for other people. Uh, I got a lot of experience because of that with our draconian law that we have here. Uh, and it just, it feels good now to be out of the dark. So it was actually, I took one for the team. I, it was just misformed information. Uh, that's where my ignorance came from. So I blame it on not being exposed, but I'm up and running now. You can't pull no tricks on me no more. I would just like to, I'm sorry, I'd just like to add to what Bernard is saying. The entire country for 80 years was misinformed. And my film, Grass is Greener, we lay that out. There were medical research done in the 30s and then mm -hmm. later during Nixon's administration that proved this plant had medicinal benefits. It wasn't as bad as they made it out to be. And so we were all misinformed. And even people that mm -hmm. are in states, this you know, gateway drug and all these lies demonize a very good, helpful, beneficial plant that has killed no one. A hundred thousand yeah. people alone die from alcohol poisoning, you know, just alcohol poisoning besides those killed with by drunk drivers and stuff. So yeah. a whole lot of bad uh, stuff heaped on cannabis. And that's, and that's, and that's also, it's been amazing for me to be with Fab and, for this deal to go on. I've learned so much about the plant with cannabinoids and the sativas and, you know, the, the different stuff that's in the plant uh, that I've been using all my life. Again, miseducation, you know, misinformed. I was ignorant. My ignorance come from not being around the right group of people to tell me better. But um, I'm here now. It's, it's, it's super, super exciting. And um, I'm ready to just spread this message. I'm learning as I go. And it's just been fun. I didn't think I could do it this well, but it's a part of me and I, I take my role in this. Um, and also, like I said before, uh, something that me and Fab is going to put together in my book. You were almost actually right on me serving 13 years, but it's actually 10 that the public don't know about. So that's going to be the, the mm -hmm. new thing up to come. So it's, it was real close. I served 13 years for something that was worth two bucks on the street, you know, and uh, it was damaging, but um, I'm not bitter about that. I just want to show the people that it could be done in, a, in another way. That was politics. Uh, it was uh, here in Louisiana. It was, it was definitely a color thing. Um, I was used, for example, here to threaten people of color. He did what he did. They, they wouldn't let me go. And I had to fight. Fab showed up and, here we are.
How, I mean, what do you say to these people uh, that are being released, you know, under similar circumstances? I mean, I know the message of the 10% of your brand going to uh, to people, or to, I would say, organizations that help people being released from prison. But uh, is there a home in cannabis for all of these people that have been so negatively affected uh, unjustly? I mean, you know, we would hope so. This is the thing. It's unfortunate the way this is playing out, but it is steps in the right direction. Each state gets to set up their own laws. And um, New York, where I'm at, which just voted to legalize this summer, I'm, I'm told we have the most progressive legislation in the country. Um, one of the people that's responsible for that, a woman named Cassandra Frederick, also featured in my film, Grass is Greener, the New York, now she's the National Director of Drug Policy Alliance, was the number one lobbyist up in Albany, the capital of New York, fighting for the legislation, the bill authored by Crystal People Stokes, who's um, from up in, uh, up in Buffalo, and she had this bill for like several years and Cuomo was battling elements of this legislation and Cassandra was like, no, 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 no. And when mm -hmm. Cuomo had his back against the wall, luckily we were able to get this legislation passed. And so now they are dialing all the facilities which should get, a lot of people of color will get a shot. A lot of those most victimized will get a shot to be in this business, dispensaries, cultivation, et cetera. And so we're waiting now to see how that pans out, but it, it's looking good. Lots of records expunged. So this is the work that needs to be done um, in many states. And hopefully people can get a shot to participate in the green rush, which is now officially on. Yeah, and it's, it's actually making progress here. Um, my city then decriminalized. So uh, I think that I've been a major part of that. It's not out in the public yet, but the, the crucial and the unjust things was did to me for five bucks, it got out to the city. You know what I'm saying? So now it's 14 grams or less when it shouldn't have been this from the start. So with all of the dirt that happened here on a political politic level, uh, I'm part of decriminalization here and we move into the next step. So I sacrifice. I took one for the team, so I'm going to be noble all the way through, Dave. And also, once again, just to point out that Louisiana, we're going down. Well, Bernard's there. I'm going down next week to take part in a big cannabis gathering because medical cannabis is coming to Louisiana in yep. January. So Bernard, of course, is going to be first online for that, but also to continue to raise the awareness that there are too many people in Louisiana prisons and many other prisons for small amounts of cannabis, for any amount of cannabis. If it's nonviolent, they should be out of prison now. Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing journey, you know, and uh, it took a long time. I'm just glad to be a part of it. Uh, the struggle I went through when Fab and all other people found me, that was my dues to pay to get into this business the way I am because I didn't have the kind of money. So uh, I was a sacrifice to be a part of this business. I'm super excited and well, let's go. <laughs> That's an optimistic way to look at it, man. I, yes, I, yes. I really like I, you, you said earlier, right? I'm not bitter, right? And, and yes. you know you know what happened to you, what, what they did to you is BS. There's no, there's no way around it, but I like that, that we're moving forward, right? Yes. I, I have a little bit of a, a strange question for you. It's, I know it's loaded, right? But, but, so at least from from what i know from from freddie right 
you know, the, the, the hip hop movement in general and graffiti and street art movements are not huge friends of the establishment, right? So it must have taken a little bit of, of mental work and actual work to reconcile, right? Your mission with the, the, the you know, the capitalistic sponsor yeah. that to a certain extent Kuralif is, right? Yeah. I, I feel you found in a certain way, uh, a way to do good by doing well, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, tell us a little bit about that journey and then specifically about the, the 10% of proceeds that is being uh, contributed to different causes, right? What, what, which causes you know, specifically are you benefiting? Right, so basically that was the idea. The, I, I saw as I was working on the film and I'm talking, I'm meeting people like Burner who built the cookies, you know, giant and you know, big up to Burner who's battling cancer. He just yeah. had surgery. And, Prayers, Much love up, prayers, prayers up to him. But learning and seeing what is going on and what is coming and the and the and the amount of uh, of of profit and the potential for that was all amazing. This is like, you know, Killer Mike says something in my film which really resonated. Like if we don't really make a get a part of this, we fail. Because this is an opportunity to create generational wealth. And I'm like, wow, what can be done? But at the same time, I wanted to create awareness. So I figured let's try to do this together. We can create a brand with some, with some quality cannabis that can raise awareness. There's a QR code on the packaging when you are blessed to get a, this, this Be Noble product, which, and then messaging in the back, which talks about what this product is about. The QR code takes you deeper into Bernard's story and the bigger issue. And so we felt like, wow, this is an amazing way. Had no idea that a company of the scale of Cureleaf, but when they stepped up to become real partners, to show the commitment that they wanted to go full on and now creating the, the first uh, national social equity cannabis brand was amazing and a blessing. And Bernard was like, let's go all the way and let's do this. And um, here we go. So we just started. The product hit the shelves in July. The date that was picked was 7-13, representative of the seven years of a 13-year sentence Bernard saved. So we've been messaging in a very loud and direct way about what we're doing. Cureleaf is full on putting the full engine behind us. So here we go. And we just Love have it, to share the story. <laughs> I actually just remember you have this this thing uh, where you something you like entrepreneurial activism. Yeah, that was what it just felt. That's, like. That's what it is. Yes, exactly. So, so you had this in mind years ago, right? Like even before all this even started, right? Yeah, it was just like, man, you know, I'm I'm a pure creative, as you know, you know, visual art, filmmaking, you know, close to music was my has been my life, and cannabis has been an integral part of that. And, you know, once again, I was like, wow, here's a way to address these issues, plus to put a quality, a quality phone <laughs> to put a quality product on the shelves. Bernard, turn yourself around. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, uh, I had a call coming in. I'm trying to get it off of the phone. Tell them we on we on Benzinga, baby. Tell them to wait. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them anything. I'm going to just not answer. Let me double down for a second there, Bernard. I'm super excited. Uh, these, these people are trying to catch me. Um, 
I just I want to be quoted on this, how excited I am to be the face of injustice um, where I can spread this message because I, I never thought that it would work this positive for me. Um, it's, it's just a good feeling all the way around, man. I'm, I'm so excited about everything that's going on. I'm learning as I go and um, I'm going to be good with this. We're going to get the brain out. We're going to tell a story and I'm going to just I'm gonna go on. I never, never had an opportunity to do things like this. I read stories like this about other people, but I want to just take one second and I want to swing the camera around at some of my photos over here. You know, and I get I get time to spin and look at these things. And I say that I'm used to seeing it happen to other people. But I, I sit in my crib and I look at I have my own memorabilia, you know, so that's that's exciting. It's, it's my season. Uh, all of this was put in place for a reason. Uh, we're, we're growing, growing it's with time. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm just oh man, they got him! They got him! They got him! All right, so while we're waiting on him, I, I know I, I'm sure he'll be coming back. Yeah, he'll and, come and, back. yeah, Aaron, if you wouldn't mind, you know, I want to go back to Cure Leaf, and I think best to do it when Bernard's here. So, but uh, Fab, if you wouldn't mind, you know, you were touching on earlier, you know, how cannabis has a history through jazz back to yeah. the 20s. Can you talk about your early work? and any any presence that may have had uh there well you know once again i I keep bringing up my film grass is green i give a snapshot of my parents my dad um was a jazz dude max roach the great jazz drummer was my godfather him and my father grew up together and cannabis Mm -hmm. was in the house my dad and his friends gathered they discussed everything going on in the world and Cannabis was a big part of that. And so I just had been around the plant. But, you know, when I was really young, my dad was like, look, if you're going to smoke, just do it in the house. So, you know, be safe because it was this thing where you could get caught up and and get into trouble. And so that's how I grew up. But I was also like my dad has so much information coming through the house. And I realized like there's articles about the benefits. I mean, I can remember as a kid, in coming up in Brooklyn, New York in the seventies, always into reggae music, Peter Tosh made a record called Legalize It and where he sang about the the medical benefits way before we had medical cannabis. He was like, legalize it and I will advertise it, which I thought was just great. And um, so that was something that was underneath me and the the people in the counterculture and people that were fighting Every year, they would the, the the organization Normal would give a big cannabis event in Washington Square Park mm. and give out hundreds of joints, and to really confront the fact that this plant has been demonized and, and people have been criminalized unjustly for way too long. So that was underneath what I was doing. I was watching inroads being made in California and Colorado, and once again, Snoop Dogg, you know, numerous songs about cannabis. And um, Cypress Hill and all these guys. I mean, you know, the, one of my favorite cannabis songs, I Got Five on It by the Looney <laughs> out of San Fran was like, Looney. that's hip hop at its core, which pushed this into, helped to push this into the mainstream without question. So, 
just, you know, watching the dominoes fall in place, but still so much more needs to be fixed and addressed. Um, so right now we've got high quality cannabis with a serious message um, on shelves in nine states now. So it's pretty amazing. What are you using your cannabis nowadays for? Like, what, what are you, you like, what, what's inspiring? What is it inspiring? you well, to create right now you know cannabis once again has been a big part of my life it's just a part of my process it's like you know and i realize now as you learn more about the medical benefits i've been self-medicating without really being aware that i have been and you think about that um through the years and i even thought about when you hear when i read an article that ptsd which the they typically treat that with opioids, like so many things are. I read when I realized that that um, PTSD can be used, can be treated with cannabis. I realized that the stuff that Black folks have gone through in America using cannabis has helped PTSD, like police oh, yeah. being in fear and all these things. So we've been medicating without fully understanding, and that's one of the things that I'm really excited about is as cannabis begins to open up and hopefully within this administration somehow taken off of the federal uh, schedule, the real medical advancements. I just saw that that Nova special on the work being done and how yeah. much more work needs to be done to really isolate the other cannabinoids and really begin to dial in on what they can assist us with, I think would be just incredible. That excites me along with helping get people out of prison. So, you know, kind of just industry centric right now in the cannabis space, there has been maybe some criticism right now that uh, ESG and social equity is not going in the right direction. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's not that there are a lack of programs. Not, you know, I think most of the larger companies like Cureleaf, you know, they, they do give back to their communities. Even many of the smaller local based uh, um, ones do as well. But it's such a large issue. Yeah. Uh, that is so hard to tackle at any type of expedited rate. So I'd love to understand from you and your point of view, what can these companies do to, to, to spurn that further? Who can they support? I, I mean, do they create jobs? Do they create work for these, uh, you know, criminalized unjustly people? I'd love to hear from you. Like any, any, any thoughts you have there? You know, I think what Cureleaf has done with our brand, Be Noble, is a model that I think other MSOs, multi-state operators in cannabis, should follow. They mm -hmm. should find someone or some entity that has this passion to address these issues. And they should use the plant and the proceeds from that to give to some organizations. That's what we're doing. It's a model. And, um, you know, it's it's best foot forward at a critical time for a very critical situation. So they can step up in this way. We're a, an example now. You know, you can put things on the shelves that also raise the awareness. People can yeah. hit the QR code, read the back, go to the Be Noble website and get more involved and understand what's up. And I think that's what needs to happen. We need to see more of that and then as and then we could like one of the things that killer mike says is like you know we need to help 
put politicians in office that can really address the issues that we are concerned about. I mean, that's how politics really works in America. And once again, those are the things that it inspired and motivated me. And it's interesting with what happened with the New York governor being ousted and the new lieutenant governor really aggressively pushing this even further. And the lieutenant governor, Brian Benjamin, a person of color right here in Harlem, we sat down with him a couple of weeks ago and a bunch of other uh, people of color in cannabis, prominent folks, to, to give him some insight as to what can work better, what you should be concerned about. Just not overtax and overregulate, because I just saw on NPR, once again, that 80 to 90% of what's produced in California goes to the illicit market. That's clearly because there's so many hurdles for these growers, those that want to play the legal game, to basically make it work. And so it's, that's a fascinating figure that hopefully we can improve on that here in New York, which I think we're going to, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. But once again, the model that I think other ex, uh, uh, players in big cannabis can do is look at what Cureleaf is doing with our brand, Be Noble, and let's step it up and let's get some more awareness out on those shelves so that the people can know more about what's happening. Love it, man. I got one last one. Um, I, I know, you know, our, our, our regular viewers are sick of hearing this, but I am from Argentina. I am in Argentina. We're seeing this process where, where cannabis is slowly regulated. We're seeing similar processes for uh, legalization regulation in Peru and Ecuador and in Panama and Costa Rica, even in Mexico, they're about, so, you know, toying with the idea of going adult use. Right. And, and, and uh, many, many of us, many of our regulators look up north for, for examples and learnings. Right. You've yeah. shared some of some of these right now as, as it relates to the corporate world. But which other things, you know, do you think that we should be paying attention to and, and, and taking and learning from from your experience to ensure that uh, our cannabis legalization and regulation processes come accompanied by social justice, by restorative justice, by expungement, you know? I mean, you know, the thing that I learned, I was curious about, okay, we understand the system, the dynamics in America. We had racism. We had uh, this guy, Harry Anslinger, that after alcohol. Um, yeah, very nice guy. We, we yeah, like him. Right? <laughs> they needed a new demon to basically go after, and they concocted this fear and the reefer madness era. They literally was a movie. If you guys don't in the audience don't realize they made movies, short films that played in theaters about the evils of marijuana. That was all um, brought to bear by Harry Anslinger. And so, um, so late in his life, early 60s, I understand when the United Nations was being formed, um, it was put out that for countries to be a part of the United Nations, they had to agree to criminalize cannabis. Bernard is, is, is back joining us, by I'm the back. way. Thanks, sorry about that, guys. That's okay, I've been talking it up. So basically what I learned, and I think this is something that we need to be more exposure on the fact that Harry Anslinger had influence at the United Nations and got incoming countries to agree to criminalize cannabis because there was no history of cannabis being 
even probably used in this way, it was clearly racism. It was the fact that like Mexicans and mm -hmm. uh, black folks making jazz were smoking this plant and white folks wanted to come and enjoy and racists didn't want to see that happen. So I think in other countries, the reason cannabis was criminalized in other countries around the world was also as a result of the efforts of Harry Ansling. Yeah. And I think if these governments step back and go, wait a minute, Argentina, whatever country it is, why did we criminalize this harmless plant? Um, oh, so now we need, they need to unravel that. And so they, there's benefits that could serve the entire population. I mean, look, we've all got some alcohol. I got a little, some wine and some hard liquor over here, but cannabis has killed no one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and on that note, since I'm back, thank you, sorry. Um, I have a friend that's gonna be so good as an example of how her consumption of cannabis versus all the man-made pills that she have to take for her. If you could hear her story, she deal with me. And if you could hear her story versus the pills, I, I keep telling her she just need to go live and just talk about the man-made pills versus the plant. She, she can't function unless unless and it's it's a powerful thing the medical benefits on the plane and i'm yeah. i'm glad to be a part of it i took a big sacrifice as i was saying before well uh, said and, and a great yeah. point bernard and i, I think yeah. that leads me into to, to at least one more question for you where does this take you uh in terms of you know your future in cannabis do you become an advocate for your friends who you know have been treated unjustly where, where do we see Bernard Noble? And obviously you're going to carry this brand with you wherever you go. Uh, but I think there's obviously a lot more that we can look for from you, right? Oh, most definitely. Well, most of all, what's important to me, a lot of people that I talked to when I was in prison, you know, I promised them that if something happened for me, I'm going to come back and make something happen. So uh, things like generational wealth, I never had a chance to hear that a lot. That's something that mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, having in my life now with my family. Uh, happy birthday to you too, man. Uh, I'm a, I have a bunch of kids. I have a football team. So um, this this move is, is super, super exciting for me. I know it's going to be an amazing journey. So I can't fathom what's up next, bro. I, I sit around the house and I look at the pictures and all kind of ideas come to my head that I'm going to be embarking on. And I'm, I'm just super, super excited and ready to go. One of the next projects I just want to throw out that, you know, Bernard has been telling me, and we're going to put this in effect beginning of the year. Bernard wants to tell his story in the form of a book. And so yeah. we're going to be working on that where he's going to tell this entire story, which yeah. going to deeply involve the culture of New Orleans. Because the ironic thing once again, back to my film, Grass is Greener, jazz is born in yes. New Orleans. Um, so it's been, a, and I've been around the world. One of my favorite places in the world is that little town in New Orleans. There's an energy there that's really special, which is- Yeah, a, a, a very a very weed-friendly energy too, by the yes. way. Like, yes. there's, there's a city to consume cannabis in. It's New Orleans. Thank you, exactly. And one <laughs> of the things, in fact, Steve D'Angelo, who was one of the fathers of this cannabis activism and the business 
Um, his last prisoner project is an organization that's helping to get everybody out of prison for nonviolent cannabis. Um, yeah. He says that um, behind cannabis coming to New Orleans is that it was a very active port coming people traffic back and forth from different islands in the Caribbean, which is how cannabis likely got to New Orleans. And so it was a fascinating history, knowing what I know about jazz and how the music was born there. So that was delightful. But then to turn around and realize that they've got these draconian uh, criminal justice mm -hmm. laws and putting people for for-profit prisons and criminalizing people for minuscule amounts of cannabis, giving them uh, life sentences practically, decades in prison. It was a it was a big um, kind of irony for me. This place that I love so much also has these major problems. So we're working. That's one of the things that I'm going to address when we talk. When I go down and Bernard and I give this talk, I'm going to bring out the fact that this is a great town, but we we all need to work to make things better, to fix these things that are glaring problems. And I think clearly there's new people getting um, elected. There's a district attorney down there, a new district attorney in that town who's an African-American that is aware of what Bernard went through. And we're going to meet with these people and talk with them and hopefully make it better. Yeah. He's already in the office. Uh, been doing a good job, and um, I'm excited to get with him. He said he was a fan of mine before he made to to the district attorney's office. So uh, I'm 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 just loving life right now, man. I'm I'm really loving life, and all I'm looking for is progress. Uh, I'm gonna talk about these hard things. I come from a hard life, and I don't know, bro. I'm just. I'm just built this way, I guess, and I love it. I, something in me have always been hungry for what's happening in my life, but I didn't have the right tools and the right money, the right background. I, I know I didn't look right, but <laughs> 40 years later, you know, Fair Five Freddy came in my life, and, you know, all of that hard shit is 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 a... I had to go through it to get where I'm at sitting here with everybody on this interview. So let's go. Man, cheers to that. Congrats yeah. and yeah, good luck, you. man, for sure. You know, this this for-profit prison concept just gives me the chills. Yeah. Uh, much of our audience is 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 comprised by investors, right? And I know you I know you want to make money, but there is there's ways to make money, right? And and yeah. where you put your money who you support, whether it's buying a company stock or buying products right. like Vinoble, right. really matters and it makes a difference, right? So we 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 live in a world of entrepreneurs, business. This business is a part of life. I want to be a necessity just like a toilet in everybody's house. So this is this is some good stuff that's going on. And I'm all for it. I read about everybody else's success, their struggles. So here mine is is saying the word story don't justify it for what i've been through in life i need another name because my life is not a story indeed man. well said man well said also one quick question before javier wraps us up here what's the market price for b noble the two joints well that's a good question so that varies a little and i can't give you an exact what i'm learning constantly is every state is doing something a little different so that yeah. slight okay. variation i'm sure but it's still affordable and the quality is exceptional um, once again. So whatever, whatever, whatever market 
we're in, and we're in nine markets now, we're competitive with whatever else is on display and, and for sale. That's for sure. But once again, we've got a little something special connected to it, which is Bernard's story and the story of too many others that we need to get out of prison and we need to get their lives back on deck so that they could um, sit back and enjoy this Be Noble or whatever cannabis they like and then and feel a lot better. That pressure that you have to, yo, wait, yo, is it all good? I mean, that was cool <laughs> and interesting. You don't want to live your life like that. You know, yeah, when we, not at all. we went under the bleachers in high school, you know, to have a puff. Ah, but at yeah. this point in the game, come on now. Like we sit back and have a bud or have a beer or a glass of wine. Let's inhale some fine cannabis, preferably be noble. You'll enjoy it. And then life's a little more. Yeah. Better. I look forward to trying it. I just want to throw in, I really feel like I'm a part of history, man, because this been this struggle been yeah. going on for a very, very long time. And for me to be chosen as a person of color to be the picture of all this damage, and you know, it's an honor. I feel good, I feel powerful, and I'm I'm ready to let it go. Love that, man. Yeah. Top five, Freddie, Bernard Noble. Thank you so much for joining us at Benzinga Cannabis Hour. Everyone watching, go check out Be Noble Cannabis. Now yeah. it's legal. Yeah. Go figure. And check out that grass is greener, baby. It's, it's mm. number one film. Fantastic movie. Thanks yeah. for having us, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank it. You, Mark, gentlemen. Enjoy your birthday, Javier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to you, bro. <laughs> Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. When your life depends on it, when everything is on the line, you've got to get real about addiction treatment. Only Karen offers 65 years of medical expertise in evidence-based treatment with real proven results. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. So if you're ready for something real, visit caron.org slash real today. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. 
And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.